and welcome to Geek Space Nine, the Tuscan Shed Media Network podcast where we rediscover and or rediscover the classic Star Trek series, Deep Space Nine. With me as always is Sarah Becker. How are you, Sarah? I went to a drunk spelling bee at my girlfriend's bar last night and I won. Dude, yes. I'm still really hyped about this fact. And I already I won... know, but tell us uh, the winning name, the winning word. Interlocutor. Wow. Yes. Were you uh, interlocutor of Borg? Someone else made that joke on my Facebook today, actually. Yeah, good. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But yes, I won a flask and two uh, drink glasses and um, a framed certificate that says I am the bestest, drunkest speller ever. Um and a hundred dollar bar tab, which is pretty great. You know, that is pretty great. But isn't that like your girlfriend's bar? I feel like this is yes, and she else. usually pays for my drinks anyway. But now I can pay for her drinks as well. <laughs> I am an, I am very unfortunately not that deep into drinks. In fact, I haven't had any at all tonight. Unfortunately, um. But what I am deep into and getting mut- and getting further still is this holiday season. People are nuts. Oh my god! Like, like I no okay no um, just ju- just and the and the, re- and the reason the reason I bring that up is is uh, is, is before is be- uh, I was working today and but and and uh, before I got home and before before I get home and, and started recording um uh one 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 of my co- one of my coworkers was was, get, was getting a bunch of was getting these like super glitter covered wreaths out of a box and out of a, out of a box and, and and he was he was like up he was like up on a ladder put put putting put him on the shelf where they where they need to go and he and he and so and so he did it and he did it and he like kind of lost he kind of like kind of lost um his grip of the box that the wreaths were in mm-hmm. so like whole right side was just like silver glitter <laughs> like just right like all there and he was like shit i'm so sorry i was like oh like, no 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 this is good this just means that this just means that if i go to riches or south beach or or south south beach or Forever face on his shoulder yeah or or or, 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 or or even the eagle tonight i am ready i am here and present and just look at Shimmery. me like, I, 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 Okay. 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 Actually, I could have. Gone, I, I. I could have gone to Eagle because because if if I remember correctly, Sunday nights are disco nights at Eagle, so I would have been, I would have fit right out. I'd have been like shine a light on me. This week we are discussing season six, episode three, and episode four, which are Sons and Daughters and Behind the Lines. So first up is Sons and Daughters. The crew of the crash jam had our ship have been rescued from their fate, but sadly are imprisoned by we wanted to have a Worf episode, so get the fuck off. Worf and Martok are receiving five new recruits, and one of them just so happens to be Worf's son, Alexander, who is going through that phase. We learn that not only is Worf a shitty fiancé, he's also a shitty dad, as after TNG, he sent Alexander off to live with his parents. Now, Alexander has left and joined the Klingon army to fight for his homeland, and he's gonna listen to all the screamo he wants, and stay up past midnight, and smoke space pot in his room, and you can't do anything to stop me, dad. Worf tries to tell Alex that he is just not ready for war, but he will not hear it. 
The crew dishonor Alexander and challenge him to a fight, but he loses, and before he is killed, Worf steps in, much to the anger of the crew who see him coddling his son. He attempts to teach his son fighting, but is mostly still just a dick and neither learn anything. Even worse, Alexander misreads a training simulation as an attack and looks like a real dum-dum. However, during an attack on the ship, Alexander bravely stops a plasma leak, even if he does get locked out in the process. While he's now become the ship's fool, he does gain a kind of respect on the ship, and Worf admits this is the new life for his son, so that Martok welcomes Alexander into the house of Martok. Meanwhile, on Terok Nor sitcom, Living with the Enemy, Kira's just <laughs> happy to see Zial is back on the station, but she isn't too pleased to learn who's coming to dinner. Gulls who caught. They sure do fight, <laughs> but if there's one thing that can get them together, it's their love for Zial, who's starting to become quite an artist. When Zial gets her painting included in an art exhibit, Dukat sends Kira a real revealing dress for the affair. Kira considers but sends it back. Dukat instead regifts it. To see all! Ha ha ha! Ha! What do you think of sons and daughters? <laughs> I kind of want to just read off my notes about this episode. I'm reading over them, but they're kind of ridiculous. Do it. <laughs> all right, here we go. Let's do it because I think this episode was boring, and when it was boring, it was weird. Yes. So that's all I really have to say. So please give us the notes. Yeah. My very first note for this episode is ew. Because it's <laughs> Worf and Dax making out. So, ew. I had the exact same thought. Next note. I Convenient that Martok could rescue them. How did that work? And then, oh, shit, is that? It is Alexander, but not the same actor. And then, ew, again. Uh, stop pretending to be a warrior. Yikes. Uh, lol, Zial, number one with the guilt trip. Uh, what is it? Oh man, who is this Klingon? He is the most Klingon to ever cling on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, Alexander, don't back down. Good boy. Uh, the Cardassians have an institute of art. Ozial, you sweet <laughs> innocent flower. And awkward. Uh, quote, the busy life of an interstellar despot, lol. Aw, daddy's teaching him how to use a bat left. No, sad face. Oh, no, Kira, don't be happy. No, no, no. Quote, the dress is fine. I don't like you. You tell him, Kira. Stop calling her Nerys. Please don't do something stupid. Well, shit. He has a better relationship with his son than with his fiance. Those are my notes on this episode. Well, that's that been our episode. Great. Thanks for listening. Make sure to like and subscribe. All right, next episode, um, episode three, episode four, let's do it. Um. <laughs> yeah, well, Peter, what do you think? We, I think me and Sarah have said our piece for a bit. Yes. <laughs> okay, so to just totally piggyback off of you, Ben, saying that this episode was rather dull. While I was watching this episode, yes, yes, I was paying attention to like all the beats and everything. But the entire time, I shit you not, the entire 42, 45 minutes, I was on my phone texting friends. Yes, same. <laughs> I was so bored. Yeah, I was just this. like, there is so little happening this episode that I am totally able to, I am, to I am totally able to message you guys, message the two of you who have already seen this, who saw this one, who saw this particular episode before I did. And also text other friends who are, who, who are, who are, in, who are in the city of Houston where I live. Hi, stalk me, whatever. <laughs> and 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 I and I still 
know everything that's happening. Yeah, it's... I think I'd be a little more okay with this episode if it was placed better. But we're in the middle of a war. <laughs> yeah. We're in the middle yeah. of a war. And I loved the first two episodes so much. And then it just is like, break! Here's a very filler wharf storyline. And here's like the most whatever, give him something to do, Kira storyline. Which again, works so shittily with the continuity because like... It, it it's one of those cases where I think I'm going to just have to make a skip list for someone who's going to watch Deep Space Nine because yeah. we need them to skip obviously the Worf and Dax go to the Pleasure Planet episode obviously yes and yeah. we and now I need them to skip this because the next episode spoiler alert for me was back on track and back mm-hmm. to the stuff I liked from the first episode and like yeah was like and and this one is so bad especially for kira because the last episode she's like i'm gonna fight the dominion and they're they're never gonna take me down and then the next episode she's like oh do i wear this dress or not i'm like there's bigger fucking problems (laughs) and Mm -hmm. like ducat being a gross creep and again like so gross like in the other ones it was like a threat and this one like i said like that's why i did the sitcom voice because it was like a fucking sitcom plot it was like you can't make a gross harassing rapist type character into like a oh i can't get along with my step dads you know my step husband yeah, or whatever like yeah, you know yeah ben yeah ben don't think i didn't catch that guess who's coming to dinner joke mm-hmm. right exactly it's like you know it's like him using the as a prop but it's played more like a joke than like a gross what it is which is like gross you know yeah and like the fact Kira even for a second considered the dress was like yeah ew no it's like it's like girl what were you just doing yesterday come on so it's just so frustrating. So as soon as I knew it was a filler episode, I was like, Peter, I was like, done. I'm not even going to remember this episode existed. Like, Yeah. I would have been... So so part, so part, part of what... Part, a big part of what made the first two episodes of this season so good, for me at least, is that, is, is that, we, were, is that we were seeing three months after the season five finale, we were seeing how this war is affecting all of the people that we have come to know in this show. I would have been, at, at, the, at the very least with the main plot, the main plot of this episode with, with, with Worf and Alexander, I would have been okay with that if A, there was more, there was more gravitas that came with it, and B, and, and B, we saw, and B, we got at least a hint. If, 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 if there was any change at all, how it was possibly affecting Alexander as a person, who, as, as an a person, who, who, is, who, is both, who is both, who was both part Klingon and part human, but we didn't really get that at all. It was just like, oh, we're once again, revi- we're once again revisiting the completely and utterly dysfunctional relationship between these two, between these two beings. Yeah, no, absolutely. And it's just, it's just, it's, uh, it's just exhausting. It's just exhausting. <laughs> it's just like, why? Why? It's so frustrating about Star Trek is that I I want to ask this question to our fans and to you know people who have seen all of it. What is the best single season of Star Trek? Because I don't think there's ever been one where like it all worked all the time. No, that's always been the thing about Star Trek is that there's so many episodes that inevitably there's just an episode where you're like woof, yeesh. Like even TNG at its best towards the end. Uh, had like an episode where uh, Beverly fucked a ghost, and you're like, "Yeah, the okay. Scottish okay. ghost." I, 
I completely forgot about that. Yeah, <laughs> so you're that like, definitely you'll still happened. get to those episodes, and you're like, oh, okay. <laughs> like, there's always going to be those episodes. And looking back at like DS9, every season there was one episode where I was like, oof, boy, mm. yeesh. and yeah. it's so frustrating for this one because it's not even just like. Oh, it's like filler. Like even Battlestar Galactica eventually was like, you can't just have war forever, and eventually you have to do some dumb episode about the black market or something like that. Um, and uh, uh, so like I understand it, but like we're in the middle of an arc where you just shoved it in there, you know? This couldn't happen after the arc. This can't happen later or before. Like it has to happen during everything, right? Okay, fine, great. I do Sarah, have one. Yes, I, I've uh, jumping back um, a couple of parsecs. Um, I, uh, I have an argument for best season of Star Trek. Um, mm. TNG season five. I, I can't speak to the bad episodes in that season, but season five of TNG contains the Outcast, Inner Light, mm-hmm. and Darmok, yeah, which are all I'm three of my favorite best, TNG yeah. episodes. <laughs> I can agree with that. I can agree with that. And I, yeah. I've i heard that from a lot of people that generally season six <clears> and seven are like the best Trek gets. We'll see. Obviously, we, we don't know yet. But I think it's just, it's frustrating to be reminded that Trek always will stop the brakes every once in a while for some dumb idea. Yeah. Like, oh, this it's is like, why? Yeah. Why? It's, it's so frustrating. And the other thing I want to say is, I have a lot to say about this episode. I'm sorry. <laughs> I have feelings. Go, go ahead. I, 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 I read all my feelings. <laughs> the other one to say is that I don't want people. I I I think our competitive advantage in Deep Space Nine circles is we don't like Worf <laughs> in this show, and Ooh. I want people to be clear: it's not because Worf is a flawed character. In fact, I actually think there's possibility to have a very interesting show about Worf as a flawed character with the same attributes, but I don't think they do it on purpose. Like, this episode is a very interesting idea of a deadbeat dad who, like, got saddled with a kid he did not want, and he's so conservative that he doesn't know how to raise him, and he just throws him off to his parents, and now the kid comes back with that reason. There could be an interesting episode about that in dealing with a person who's a deadbeat dad and what that does to him and how they reconnect or if they don't reconnect. But it's just always about Worf being a cunt and everyone forgiving him eventually uh-huh. for no reason. Like he's right? just all the time. He's a dick. And then everybody's like, oh, Worf. You know, like that's what drives us crazy. He's like, Dax is smarter than this. The character Dax we know is smarter than to fall in love with this guy who constantly fucks up and never changes or evolves as a character. That's what Even slightly. Even insane. slightly. It's like if he was flawed but, like, learning. Or flawed and was losing stuff because of his flaws. But, like, he's flawed and winning constantly. And it's just, like, so irritating to, like, see this guy who never changes. And he's always a dick. And everybody just ends up being, like, okay, like, Stop! <laughs> Let him fail sometimes. To kind of piggyback off of that, that's another interesting thing that we're seeing a lot these days where just a bunch of fuckboys are fuckboys, but they still get what they want. Right? Exactly. I mean, that's part of the problem. It's like, don't want to get too political, but you can. This read hasn't your own changed in 20 sure. years. 
Nope. Exactly. <laughs> so or, it's you know, most like, of history. Because I think Worf could be an interesting character if this guy was like wasn't raised by Klingons, so he's so conservative that like he's kind of crazy. And that's like the episode where he sleeps with the Alexander's mom is all about. Where he sleeps with her and immediately he's like, We must get married, because that's what Klingons do. She's like no not really no i wanted to fuck and we did and i'm cool but like let's stop like whoa you know and it's a very you know interesting episode from that but he's still the same character almost 10 years later Mm -hmm. so it doesn't matter at Mm -hmm. all Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and it's infuriating (laughs) so that's what i want to get to with the warp stuff i it's not that like he's conservative or that like he has these values to me, and I think why we're all annoyed with him is that he doesn't change or learn from them or progress as a character. He's just a dick and gets stuff for it. And it's so infuriating to me day after day that this is what they're doing to Worf on this show. He's the worst part of the show, and it's really frustrating. Okay, rant over. So sorry. <laughs> <laughs> now, how about this? Are you at least glad alexander's back in the show or could you not care or what do you right now i don't care yeah he he's it's such a yes we realize that you know with Worf being from tng so it's the character that we know which means that all this all the stuff that we learned from learned from him learned about him from tng is still is still it's still a thing so yes alexander is still an entity a person a character a klingon in this universe but with everything else going on it's it's very much a why yeah yeah like like, like, he, like if he if he would if alexander was some was some was someone that Worf maybe not all the time but Worf at least brought up or likes or someone or someone even even if it was just o'brien and and keiko at least alluded to for for his for his life for his life back back on tng when he was on the enterprise it'd be like, it'd be like okay Someone knows that Alexander is a thing, but he, we have not heard from him at all since Worf got onto the space station. All of a sudden, he just shows up. Yeah, yeah. There's no, there's no, there's no lead into him. There's no lead into him even being there. It so why enough. should? So why should I care? Right, because it's awkward enough that they just decided they didn't want Alexander on. Like they clearly were like, well, we already have two teenagers with Nog and Jake. Like let's not add a third, you know? Like and write a bunch of new Alexander stuff. So then to just bring him on all of a sudden is like just so weird to me because like you already made the conscious decision of like he won't be on this show and then all of a sudden season six you're like okay I guess he's on the show you know what mm. I mean like it feels of it reminds me of the uh, the very clever idea of Dawn on Buffy the Vampire mm. which they uh, have this clever idea where suddenly in season six everyone acts like Dawn has always been five. around and that's season part of the five. idea of season five where like Dawn is Buffy's sister and she's never had a sister in the previous seasons. And then all of a sudden everyone weird. is like, oh, Dawn. You're like, why is there a season? But there's an in-universe reason you eventually learn. I won't spoil, but it's a very clever reason. Yeah, why, don't spoil it for me, please. Why she suddenly shows up. And it's like that in the show, but in not the clever way. <laughs> in like the mm. old shitty, like, Alexander's back. Eh? Okay. <laughs> Late season edition. Eh. Yeah, don't... It, it, don't if don't go two whole seasons without even saying his name and all of a sudden he's just there and like and like you know at least maybe not like a grown ass a grown ass man like grown ass Klingon but you know an adult who can make his own decisions don't just have him, don't have him just show up at least allude to like him possibly being back yeah and then have him show up on the ship 
Well, clearly we need to just address the most shocking thing in the world, which is Gabrielle Union is in this Gabrielle episode. fucking right? Union. Two years before she's in Bring It On, and then it's like becomes like a big star. She's just like a tiny, tiny character in this episode. I didn't even notice. Yeah. Me and Sarah didn't notice until Peter read the credits. Yeah, like because because like because like like I said, I I, I was the last of the three of us to watch this episode, and and so and like like I almost missed it myself, but it was but like I just saw like Gabrielle Union like pop pop up in the opening credits, and I messed most like Gabrielle fucking Union, and then and then I get farther in the episode, and it's like that is obviously her because she is literally the like the she's like she's literally one of like two female Klingons, but still she's there, she's in the episode on Star Trek. Clearly, Ben and I were already on our phones by this point and not watching the credits. Yes. <laughs> I did not recognize her. I looked at the picture of her in the episode. I couldn't have recognized her. Like she, you don't. Like, yeah. The, the only re- the only reason I re- the only reason I recognized her after after knowing after like after knowing and being cognizant of her existence in this show was was because I recognized her voice and I was just like, that's it. Right. Right. Yeah. That makes sense. And then the other one I just want to mention is a, a very nerdy one. Is the guy who plays Alexander Mark Woodrin is well known uh, for playing Iron Man in all the DC and all the sorry the Marvel animated films. Oh, the voice cool. of Iron Man and he sort of had a very funny thing where he played Iron Man before the Iron Man movie came out and he had a very different voice and then huh. everyone now associates Iron Man with Robert Downey Jr. so now he's forced to do like a Robert Downey Jr. impression in all oh. the Iron Man movies and I think it's oh, funny. That's interesting. Yeah. I'm not going to lie when I things. When I first read your notes um, for uh, for this recording, Ben, I uh, I misread it as voice of the Iron Giant, and I was a, a oh. lot more excited than I am for voice of Iron. Sarah, Man. do you know who voices the Iron Giant? I do not. Sarah, I'm so excited to tell you this. Who voices it's Vin the- Diesel? <laughs> 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 Oh, that's that awesome! Made my day. <laughs> Isn't that great? Yes. I am so happy. Don't you just love Vin Diesel? We're all both going like Superman in like a voice. Uh, it's like the greatest thing. Uh, ever. Uh, now everyone's crying. And then he goes, and then he goes from that to years later. We are Groot. And you're like, no. <laughs> Making us cry with two different kinds of voices. Thanks, Vin Diesel. Yeah. No, that was always the joke for a while. That was like his best performance. <laughs> Iron mm. That's crazy. I did not know that. I didn't even know that. So that makes I me was happy. so happy to tell you guys that. That's one of my <laughs> hey. favorite little facts. Today yeah. I learned. There's a comic I really like, which I agree with, which is like basically like instead of being like, you didn't know that, like you, you treat everybody who doesn't know something you think <coughs> people know as the one in 10,000 people who learn that day. So you're like, oh, you're like the one in 10,000 who gets to learn this special fact today. And like you, you treat it more like, yay, we get to teach you something today. You know? Yes. Like, yeah, yeah that, that's a much better way to do it. And that's mm-hmm. why I liked it. I was like, oh, I'm so excited. I could be the one to tell these guys this because it's such a fun fact. Yes. Um, yes. I think we pretty much covered this unless there's something else you want to talk about for uh, uh, sons and daughters. I mean, I literally read all of my notes verbatim, so. (laughs) Sarah was just taking notes, Ben was stewing and had to explode on Mike, and Peter's just like, man. man." Yeah, because I was texting friends. I was like, I don't care enough to take notes. Uh, Well, let's talk to a much better episode, I think. Behind the Lines, Season 6, Episode 4. 
Benny and the Jets are now working out of Starbase 375 for Admiral Ross, who has discovered why they're losing the war. A major Dominion sensor. I don't know how I spelled sensor. Desnor. That's not even a <laughs> word. Uh, <laughs> a major Dominion sensor array can track all of their ships, even the cloak ones. Cisco, who has found joy in leading his men, has been taken off the Defiant and promoted as the Admiral's right-hand man, with Dex now commanding the ship. They determine a risky move, but even more difficult for Ben is that he has to let the ship go and not command it himself. He spends all night worrying like a dad whose girl has gone to prom, but the ship returns successful, and now Dax has clearly made a name for herself as commander, and Ben will have to learn to live with it. Back on Terok Nor, we actually get to that whole underground thing we were talking about, which apparently is starting out with real fun little pranks, as Rom found a pad from Damar, which theorized a plan to poison the next supply of white, as when the Jem'Hadar soon run out, they will go feral. They left it for the Jem'Hadar to discover, and a fight breaks out. Dukat blames the Dominion, and Weyun blames the Cardassians, and no one is happy. Also, Odo is already not sure about the actions of his friends, as he has tried to keep peace with Dukat and Weyun. However, a new wrinkle arrives with the female changeling, who is on this side of the wormhole when it was mined in some convenient under-the-dome-ass shit. Despite Kira's warnings, Odo begins spending a lot of time with her, and linking with her, and doing weird changeling stuff. Meanwhile, Quark discovers Damar has a way to take down the minefields using the station as an anti-graviton beam. They set up a plan to get Rom to disable it, but Odo has to shut off the system. Of course, when it comes time, he's too busy exchanging fluids to care, and Rom is captured. Kira goes to Odo to chew him out, but now he no longer cares about solids and their dumb problems. Kira storms out, and Ben cries. What do we think of Behind the Lines? No, no. No, no. No, no. Douchey Odo makes me so sad. I know. Yeah. Oh, douche. And yeah. unlike, unlike Worf, I feel like they will fix it, <laughs> but it is sad. She brainwashed Yes, what do you think? Uh, no. What do you think of the overall episode, Sarah? Much better than episode three. And That's it. <laughs> well, it was. I mean, at the very least, yeah. Yeah. I think and we all just got wiped from sons and daughters. <laughs> yeah. But uh, I mean, female changeling is always big... interesting. Yeah, I feel like maybe the problem with this episode is maybe it's more of a setup for the next mm. two. Would be my yeah. Guess. The See, that's the feeling. It's like I really get the feeling that it is a setup episode, and because I know that that's what it is. Already, I'm more okay with it. Well, I say I know. I am 90% sure that it's a table-setting episode. Yeah, yeah, I'm fairly certain, too. And, like, and, I, and, I, and, I, think, and I think what makes it interesting is, is that for the female changeling, with, with, how, with how she has functioned in this, in this show ever since she's been introduced, is that, is that you know, you, kind, 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 of like, um, kind of like Kai Wynn, you always know that she has some kind of ulterior motive to everything that she does. Even if she says she's not manipulating you, even if she says that, you know, it's all just because you know, she's there and why, and why, and why the hell not? And why the hell not? Woohoo. You know that there's like something going on way in the background and she, and she has a bunch of cars that she is putting in place to, to, to make, to make stuff go her way. I mean, yeah. I mean, she already like foiled Rom's plan to stop the graviton, which I'm assuming will still keep happening. 
Like, I don't think he was able to disable it at all. So Yeah, that's uh, going to create a host of problems. It's obviously still in play. And then uh, uh, she set Odo apart from Kira, and it's very sad. <laughs> um, and I like that she came at this in a different way. The other ones were always like, the solids are stupid. And this time she was more like, changelings are awesome you know what i mean it's like a yeah. different version of like yeah it was much more like just 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 learn some stuff just, just learn about just, who you are let's just let's just let's just link sometimes and just feel it out you know mm-hmm. it, it was it was like it was, it was like an extended burning bush scene from lion king remember who you are <laughs> you have forgotten who you are so you've forgotten me you've never linked you've never been part of the link so you have no idea what being a changeling means and so it's like yeah that's kind of that's basically that's basically what she was doing right she was she was like well i'm here now so maybe i can at least spend time like and she has the power to like get odo alone now mm-hmm. and uh no one can really stop her fight off her or whatever and she she can get inside odo's head and all other parts of odo i don't understand how the thing is working uh yeah i can't it's, but we it's, get some... it's like a mind meld but it's an everything meld yeah Right, she has an interesting line where she's like about how when they're in the link, it's like a drop in the ocean, and when it's like uh, to get out of the link, it's like the ocean turns into a drop. So there's like a weird like everybody's connected, but there's still a weirdly individuality sometimes thing. Right. So it's like yeah, it's hard to quite define where everything begins and ends with changelings, which they mm-hmm. kind of address this episode. Also, yeah. Rom's fruit basket is a really cute play. <laughs> His tools in a fruit basket <laughs> is very adorable. I like that Rom's mm-hmm. plan only evolved to that of, I put it in the fruit basket, <laughs> that's all I planned. Yeah. Put it in the fruit basket, mention Quark's name, and it's like, I really hope you just go along with this. <laughs> and Kira's mm-hmm. the one who actually brings him along, which I think is adorable. So yeah, it was mostly a table setting episode for sure, at least in the Tarak Nor stuff, because we because I couldn't believe it ended when it ended. I was like, what? I know, it was I, no, 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 I paused no, no, no. it. Come I back. was I was gonna like get up to go to the bathroom or something, like, but I really want to see how this ends. And on Netflix, it was like one minute left. I'm like, are you kidding me? <laughs> yeah, this episode <laughs> zoomed by for that. Mm-hmm. It's also interesting. Yeah, let's talk about the Benjamin stuff. There's sort of this interesting. I like this whole side plot idea of like him learning to let go of responsibility. There's always been something interesting about Benjamin, which he's clearly very capable and it has the ability to become an admiral, but he's very much likes where he is. Yeah. He's very, very much, much, a, very much a hands-on kind of guy. Yes. And uh, doesn't exactly want to like advance anymore. Weirdly like Michael Scott. <laughs> but like... Uh, <laughs> I mean, that's how all the Star Trek captains are. Like, you know, Jim Kirk True. Is, it turn, gets to be an admiral, and then he tells Picard, don't fucking do it, be a captain forever. And then, as far as I can remember, Picard stays a captain forever. Um, yeah, until Nemesis, yeah, and then we never see him. Yeah. yeah. No, for sure. And it's... it's um, I really liked that. I really liked having him like worry about the Defiant. And I like we never went to the Defiant. Like it's probably one of the bigger military victories of the show. But like Ben, we had to wait and just stick around and hear from when they got back. 
you know it's an interesting view of the military which is the the admiral side where you send people to war and you don't follow them and you just hear back later whether it worked or not you know yeah so i thought that was pretty fascinating and interesting change so i don't yeah, see how it, they're going to keep doing that yeah it, it it was nice that they that they at least introduced us to a different side to it to a different side of tension that comes with war because 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 before it's like okay there's more tension in, in in us trying to figure out will the plan work but 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 like you said ben it's like now at least for this episode and again like you said how long would this last um it was more of like we have to wait and that and especially for ben especially for ben with how with how connected he is to space station space station formerly known as deep space nine um and 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 um and blah, 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 blah. God, I can't talk. Um, and and the and the defiant. It's like. It's that side now where there's a patience. There's it's it, it's 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 a different kind of agonizing. That yeah. that we have to experience. That's the word I was looking mm. for. Agonizing. For sure, and I think it's uh, I could see a scene in the future if they get back to DS Nine, of him being like. I'm better here than by your side or whatever. You know what I mean? It's an episode yeah. kind of conflict yeah. of getting back to his home. It's like I should be there. I should be there when they step when they step foot back on it to take to, to take it back from the Cardassians and the Dominion. They're gonna be like, Well, no, you're here now. And he's like, Dafa you know. It's like I gotta see Cold Cut's face. I gotta see his him. face. <laughs> and I want I want I want him to know I want him to remember the name when I punch him. Seriously. Throw that baseball right at his head. Yeah. <laughs> yes, personally. <laughs> the other thing I really liked is that it's it's nice that we have um, problems in the Dominion that we could see why they would fall apart. You know what I mean? Yeah. Which is good. We're we're still building this whole Cardassian Dominion falling apart thing, which obviously Kira and everyone is uh, intensifying, but obviously the fear is still there. All he did was take, you know, Darmok's pad and give it to the Jim Hadar so he didn't even fake anything it's like they're still like feeling that and the whole like white about to run out stuff with the minefield it like adds a nice ticking clock you know where like as soon as yeah. they get that minefield done the war is probably gonna fall against the federation but mm-hmm. uh, as long as it's not they have a chance to take back the station and uh, and they have a chance to win the day so I think it's a very interesting way they've set up everything and I really like when we are doing the arc, I really like that we're still have uh, stakes and reasoning and building up to a reason why if the Dominion fall, why they would fall or if the Federation falls, why they would fall as well. So mm-hmm. I appreciate that there's like, there's not going to just be a, uh, as much as I like Avatar Last Airbender, that whole last season, they're like, Aang, you have to probably murder the Fire King. And he's like, I don't want to do that. And then randomly he runs into a magic space turtle and the space turtle's like, here, Here's a third option. And he's like, okay. (laughs) And then he just does that. Turtle X Machina. Thankfully, at least it's a turtle X Machina. (laughs) And it's a little bit like, oh, okay. Um, And I'm glad that hopefully we're not going to do that. Now, maybe we will. Maybe the prophets will show up and Q will be like, man, stuff will happen. But I think we're leading up to a reasonable end to the war in one way or another that I appreciate. It'll make sense. It's actually plausible rather than just and plot armor. Right. I just don't want the or like a 
Or like a Mass Effect thing where they're like, we found this ancient space race um, and they have yeah. a magic goo box. And they had plans this entire time. They just couldn't finish it in time because yeah. they couldn't get the resources. Okay. Right. right. They just were, they were going to push that button and then they tied right before. And now we have Oops. to push the button. Yeah. That's always just like, oh, to me. Yeah. yeah. Well, is there anything else safer behind the lines? Yeah, bring on the next episode. Let, let, let's, yeah. let's see what let's see what let's see what comes of Odo of Odo at least for right now, seeming not no longer seemingly no longer having emotions. I know. Is it... We'll see. Yeah. We'll see. All right. Well, that has been our episode. Next week we will be discussing season six, episode five, and episode six, which are "Favor the Bold" and "Sacrifice of Angels." Oh, Last nice. one sounds. As always, I want to thank my lovely co-host for joining me every week on this journey. Our theme song is by Captain Meatshield. You can check him out on Twitter at CPTN underscore Meatshield. Our awesome artwork is by Joe Bowen. We are a part of the Tuscan Shed Media Network. You can see more of our shows at TuscanShed.com. If you like the show, like, subscribe, rate, and review it any way that you can. It helps new listeners discover our show. Until next time, this is the crew of Geekspace 9 signing off. Bye, guys. Thanks for listening. I'm recording a podcast. Sorry. (laughs) I think someone's had some (laughs) drinks already tonight. No, no, please make that. Yes, Peter. No, it's just like you can like kind of cut this out, like cut around it, but like just please make that like like a spoof at the end. Just like Sarah and me saying, "I'm recording a podcast." <laughs> I am recording a podcast, mother. <laughs> <laughs> you don't know me. <laughs> With us as well is Peter Dancy. How are you, I don't you, Peter? remember how many glasses of wine I've had. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God, yes. Um. <laughs>